Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie. There's a non-denominational retreat weekend at the Resolution Center of Jacksonville, Florida. This will be a time of support and renewal for parents and grandparents on the journey of parental alienation, standing strong in resilience, paving the way for good health and a great future. This will take place April 22nd through the 24th at the Resolution Center, and I will have everything listed in the podcast notes. Right now, I have a brand new guest. Her name is Amy Vanderlinde. She is a um, parenting educator with decades of experience helping children and families. Six years ago, Amy uncovered her truth that she has the ability to feel the other person's physical and emotional sensations thanks to a rare hereditary trait known as mirror touch synesthesia. When her mirror touch traits reached their peak, Amy developed a near psychic intuition of other people's subconscious thoughts and feelings. Despite being initially overwhelmed by her next level perception, Amy's first thought was, how can I use this to help people? Now she brings you the best of what she can do, helping you create new neural pathways and create your best life. Amy is broadening her scope from parenting education to the field of personal development with a special focus on parents, children's, and families experiencing pathogenic parenting. And I welcome you to the show, Amy Vanderlinda. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you, Marianne. I'm so glad to thank have you, you on. We have a lot to learn from you. I, I hope so, and probably learn together. Definitely. As we have a conversation together. Right. Because you had definitely, I'm so sorry, you had been on NPR and mm -hmm. I listened to your interview and my friend listened to it. Yes. And she says, oh, I, I feel like the same, the same way I can pick up on people's thoughts and emotions too. You know, it was a really, we had a good conversation. Yes. And so, you know, we, we need to know more about you. Okay. Well, so Mirror neurons were discovered um, through the macaque monkey. Um, and I'll just tell you this science project that they did with some macaque monkeys. Um, and this was in the, I think in the late 80s. And I, I might not be correct there, so please, I apologize about that time issue. But there, Let's imagine that there are three monkeys and there are two on one side of a fence that is see-through and one on the other. What they did is they hooked all the monkeys up with, um, to see the neurological pathways that were going on in their brain. And monkey A was on the side of one, one fence with monkey B. And he handed a banana to monkey B and uh, monkey B's brain lit up. But not only did monkey B's brain light up, but monkey C, who was separated from the monkeys and was not even receiving a banana, his brain lit up as if he too had received it. And he was mirroring monkey B. Mm -hmm. And that's Okay, so those are mirror neurons. So all of us have mirror neurons. Um, and to me, I, I mean, I'm no doctor, but how I understand mirror, neuron, mirror neurons as a mirror touch synesthete, 
and I'll quickly explain what that is. Do you know what synesthesia is, Marianne? I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know. Well, I see that you're probably very artistic, maybe, and he, I see a lot of guitars and stuff like that there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, people who are more right-brained and artistic typically um, typically I believe okay seem to me to have more mirror neurons because it's 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 hard to it, let, let me back up just a second okay. so mirror mirror neurons are like when we're copying each other okay mm -hmm. um, let's do a little test so you're looking at me I'm looking at you can you mm -hmm. just shake your hands a little bit? Shake your hands, both hands, both hands. There's one. Okay. Yeah, let go of whatever you have in your hand. Okay, so, and the audience can do this as well. The audience can do the same thing. So I am looking at you, you're looking at me, and I want you to take, ooh, the audience can't do this, but I want you to take your hand mm -hmm. and go like this. Okay, now, Oh, oh, okay. What did you, can you tell, uh, can you tell the audience what you just did? I am patting my cheek a little bit. Not With which not hand? With, with, with which hand? Right, right hand. Right. Now, was it hard for you to remember which one? No. No? Okay. Well, you said with my right hand. So I saw the other thing that happened was you also lifted your left hand. Why did you also lift your left hand? Because I you thought you were... I think you were going to ask me to, to do it again with the left hand. But when I lift it up, okay, let's, let's do this again. I'm going to do some, something differently because we have to start again. Because I, I, what I saw was that your left hand almost touched your face. Mm -hmm. So let's do this differently. Okay. I am going to turn around and you stay sitting your way. I'm going to turn around. Okay. Okay. Now, go like this with your head. Okay, I touched my head with my right hand and so did you. Mm -hmm. I was turned around, we were both facing the same way. Mm -hmm. When I was facing you, you almost hit your left hand with the, on your left cheek. But I, but I was touching my right. So it took mm -hmm. you a moment because I believe that you're probably pretty empathetic is that true right. right and people who are more empathetic who i believe they use their right brain more mm -hmm. okay they're using their right brain more um and one of the reasons i say that is i'm just going to interject here but have you heard of jill bolte taylor no i have not okay she has a ted talk about the brain and i want people to listen to this ted talk because it's fantastic it's by Jill Bolte Taylor, and it's called My Stroke of Insight. And what happened to her is that she was a neuroanatomist, and her, um, she's, she began to have a stroke one day on um, the left hemisphere of her brain. So she speaks about what was happening and that she, when she realized that she was having a stroke, she knew she had to contact the hospital mm -hmm. and to get 
an ambulance. She explains how difficult it was for her to get the numbers, to even see the numbers, because the left brain was damaged. Mm. So she ha- she goes through, so the whole stroke, she found herself uh, working on her language skills for eight years. She was unable to talk. And her reason for practicing learning how to speak again was so she could tell us about the brain and mm-hmm. the difference between the right and the left. So when I was talking about being an artist and stuff, that's kind of more of our, our, my, our right brain. Um, that's, we use our right brain more with that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the empathy for other people, I believe, comes from our right brain. Um, before, when I was asking you to touch your face, typically people with high mirror neurons will mirror people Right. So mm-hmm. let's go like this. If I touch my right. Now you copied me when mm-hmm. I just what side are you touching? Left on your face. I'm touching my right. Mm-hmm. So you mirrored me naturally. Mm-hmm. But if I were to flip around, now I'm going to flip around. Touch this side. Mm-hmm. And you you switched, but I stayed the same. So mm-hmm. if I'm side by side by somebody, let's say somebody has a freckle on their face, mm-hmm. okay, and it's on their right cheek. If I'm mm-hmm. looking at them, I'll feel it on my, if it's on their right, I'll feel it on my left cheek. Mm-hmm. I get my mm-hmm. left and right wrong because of mirrors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yes, yes. Um, the first time... Do you do you read do you enjoy the New Yorker? Well, I haven't read it much. Okay. Um, I enjoy the science uh, mm-hmm. part in there, and one of the first uh, things, the one of the best articles that I read was called "The Itch," hmm. and it's about um, two different people who actually itch through their brain their skull and they're into their brain and one into the carotid um, artery. Mm -hmm. And so in, in that article, I think it was in 2003 or something like that. um, There was talk of a doctor, a neuroscientist named V S Ramachandran. Mm -hmm. And he said he he said that somebody had come in with the phantom limb after his um left arm had been amputated somehow and he said to the doctor i have a lot of pain i have a lot of pain and the doctor vs ramachandran said well look in this and he made a um a 90 degree angle with two mirrors facing each other and he put the man, he sat him in, in the chair, and the mirror was right to his left and a little bit in front of him. And, um, and he had no left arm. And Dr. Ramachandran said, now, now put your right arm onto the table, and the right arm was on the table as well as the mirror. And he said, now take a look in the mirror and the guy looked in the mirror and he said, now move your right hand. And he moved his right hand and he said, oh my goodness, doctor, the pain has gone. 
Hmm. And he doesn't, hmm. his phantom pain was gone because he was looking in the mirror and believing that he was looking at his left hand that had been previously amputated. When I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I love the New York. I just like tossed it. I said, I can't believe how long it took them to figure out mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do that. I, that would that would have been so easy. Mm-hmm. And the reason I felt it was so easy, and it sounds obnoxious to say that because it wasn't it was a wonderful day for this guy to like make this discovery. Right. <laughs> right. Huh. <laughs> But the reason I thought it was so easy is because I think in mirrors and I still hadn't, I still did, had never heard of the word mirror touch synesthesia and it wasn't even discovered until 2013. Hmm. Now synesthesia, let's go back to that, is combined senses. So um, if you play, if you listen to music, some people might be able to see color. Mm -hmm when they listen to music. Um, if you look at a picture of, um, of coffee in a magazine and it has steam coming out, you might say, mm, that's, that smells good. So you've combined two senses, but only one sense is there, your visual. Mm-hmm. But your visual and smell are coming together, right? right. So, and I, I believe that mirror touch, um, now synesthetes are supposed to have like very hyper-connected brains. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I think what they mean by that is, um, I feel like it's that my senses are connected, mm-hmm. all five senses together, which makes it almost like my brain is kind of very infantile, you know, because mm-hmm. because when we're an infant, we come out and we we have all our brain, you know, everything messed up, and it's only mm-hmm. when we do the sorting system. Mm-hmm. that we put it into smell and taste and and mm-hmm. i you know maybe i didn't sort those as well mm-hmm. so there is a talk by uh dr vs ramachandran on um on ted talk it's called the neurons that shaped civilization hmm. and the reason i want to bring it to your attention here is because many of the people listening are going to have high mirror neurons. Why? Because they are very empathetic. How do I know they're empathetic? Because they're not willing to hurt their children to be able to see them. They're not, you can, they, they'd rather even sometimes pull back in order to not hurt their children. So they're empathetic. And this is the, 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 it's almost as if many of us, balance out the lack of empathy that may have come from our part our partners Mm -hmm. so i want to talk about how that can affect you uh physically emotionally um personally with your relationships and communication with other people right because we actually pathological parenting and this type of thing that happens as you know um it's about communication patterns of communication mm-hmm. right were you in a pattern of communication that was unhealthy oh sure yeah can you think of in your past an example of a pattern of communication that you 
Well, I mean, there's been so many. You know how you're verbally abused. I mean, uh, there's been so much verbal abuse, you know, either in the courtroom or from, you know, um, the opposing client. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I don't know. I have so many stories. I don't know which one to tell. <laughs> right. Well, one thing that I discovered, it wasn't only, you know, communication with my co-parent, but it was, it's communication internally about myself. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, I, I'm artistic and I was, um, you know, my, I, my, my house can get very messy very quickly because I have projects going on and, um, simultaneously. Uh -huh. So, but I was in, at a point where I couldn't take care of everything at one time all, with all the stuff that I had. So I decided to, um, I was listening to another, another Ted talk, Marie Kondo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she did the book, um, about decluttering your house, the Japanese art of, um, decluttering your house. And I listened and she convinced me um, very quickly that this was something I really needed to do. So I ran out to uh, Barnes and Noble and instead of coloring my house with it, I'm sorry, Marie Pondo, but I actually read the book there and I read it really fast. And I had um, about a week on my own to go through a house of four people. And I did, I did her, um, her steps, um, which is uh, honestly, it's very, very helpful, especially also for this group that has so much to juggle. You know, when you have a space that has less stuff, getting rid of it um, can really help you, I think, emotionally um, and physically even. Um, mm -hmm. what, what was happening with me was I, I found some um, photographs and I looked at the photographs and um, these words came to myself about myself like lazy coward conceited unhappy unworthy all these different things and uh i just i wanted to get get rid of the photos to be reminded of myself you know i just mm -hmm. i didn't like me at this point mm -hmm. so i you know it, it, she said that photos are one of your last things to do and i just mm -hmm. put them away in the closet because i couldn't look at them mm -hmm. and um then a couple of months later, about a year later, I went back to the photos and I was no longer saying those words. I was mm. no longer calling myself these horrible words that were, had been ingrained in me for so <laughs> long. And, um, and I'd like to talk about how, how I did that. Um, yeah, that would be great. Yes, yeah, because I think uh, we're all walking around having these thoughts that we don't really hear, you mm -hmm. know, like, can you, when you think about it, do you really hear your, your monkey brain talking to you, quote, unquote, your monkey, mm -hmm. no, something that goes on all day, and mm -hmm. it can be just a fleeting, fleeting thing, mm -hmm. right? Oh, you know, cluts or something like that. If you step on a puddle, you know, it yeah, can like, go on all day. Yes. Like in, intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you've had several years of hardship with communication with a co-parent, mm -hmm. um, I guarantee that you're going to be saying this a lot. 
and really it's our job as as independent people to change our minds about ourselves because everybody's valuable right mm -hmm. everybody's valuable so how are we going to change our minds um i'm also a former piano teacher have you ever taken piano oh yes yes did you oh, like yes. it oh definitely oh yeah, that's great yeah <laughs> uh, then i have to ask you did you practice i had a teacher in grade school and then when i was 10 years old i i don't know my mother had moonlight sonata you know the page open so i just yes. sat down and i just started playing it and right. she ran down the hall and said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, I'm just playing this. And she said, we've got to get you a, a higher-end teacher. It's time right now. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, and did she, once you took lessons, were you required to practice? Yes. You were? Yes. And that, was that okay with you? Oh, yes. Definitely. I loved it. Oh, how so nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really nice. Um, uh, so let me ask you, do you think that the, and did you have a regular practice time? Mm, gee, yes, I would say okay. yes. Okay. So I'm asking all these questions because what were you doing during those years? Mm -hmm. You were carving out new neural pathways. True. Yes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we think of communication as kind of like language, it is, and music is kind of like communication. Mm -hmm. We know that we can, we can create new neural pathways for everything and anything. Mm -hmm. Right. So the new neural pathways that I'm hoping that um, people can make are to change their internal thoughts about themselves into mm -hmm. something positive and to turn that will then reach out outside of them to other people and then past that mm -hmm. you mean i mean to like our community mm -hmm. right larger it's all systems right a mm -hmm. family system right the community is a system and the individual human is a system mm -hmm. Right. So uh, now what happened? So you you were playing your instrument and did you improve through the through the how long did you play? Geez, uh, probably from the time I was six years old up until I was probably 19. 19. OK. Mm -hmm. And did you improve through the time? Definitely. Yes. Right. Now, I know it's, it's piano is very complicated. Mm -hmm. So, um, you, you think about all those hours that you went back and back and back and back over and over and over through, through the years. Um, what I like to look at that as is as slow practice mm -hmm. makes fast learning, mm -hmm. right? So that's going to be the same with your brain when you're first starting it's going to be slow but that it's going to get very fast eventually so here's the example when i practiced my brain for a year and i returned to the photos 
And I was saying things like, I was giving and brave, awesome, confident, mm-hmm. fearless, all these things that, that were actually true about me, mm-hmm. right? They were actually true about me, but I had been focusing elsewhere for all the years beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how are we going to make the new neural pathways in our lives? Mm-hmm. Um, I have five quick examples. Um, first of all, having something like a motto, like slow practice makes fast learning. Um, how do, if you, do, do we want to learn fast? Yes. How do we learn fast? By beginning slowly. By beginning Definitely. slowly. Okay. And simply, simply. Okay. So um, I have five things and I'm just going to read from my paper just in case I, I need to. Um, one of the first is to be inquisitive. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's ex- what people are dealing with is extremely challenging. Mm-hmm, and so um, when I was trying to, it took me 10 months, sorry, yeah, 10 months to figure out that I had mirror touch synesthesia mm-hmm. with a lot of thought, constant all day. I was very confused. So I would spend time, I had already read a lot up to, to that, like I was just interested in um, child behavior. Um, Uh, I was interested in psychology and philosophy. And um, uh, what I did is I basically, quote, unquote, spoke to dead people, Mm -hmm. people who had written books. Mm -hmm. And I would discuss what I'd read with them in my mind Mm -hmm. to find out, hey, what is going on? Why is my mind um, so complicated? Mm-hmm. I had had a I had had a trauma like the people who are listening now. You've had trauma. It changes your mind. Mm-hmm. It changes your brain, right? And some of the thing what happened to me is that I became more empathetic than I had been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was getting pains off of people, and I fell into a six month migraine. Oh no! Yeah. And by the end of the, have you, yes, you're a, my, are you a migraine sufferer? You are, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And what have you done to help yourself in those, during that time? Um, laying down, uh, taking pain medication. It was just, they're very debilitating. Yes. And even if they're gone the next day, all you're doing is laying down because they were just, it took so much out of you. Right, right. Uh, and six months is pretty long. And I had already had like a time when I was working in homeless services um, where I felt like I had a migraine for 10 years. Every mm-hmm. single day I had a migraine. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I started doing, because I came to a point where I just didn't think, I didn't care if I lived any longer. Not that I was going to off myself or anything, but I didn't mm-hmm. care any longer. Mm-hmm. And then I heard myself say to myself, do a meditation. And mm-hmm. I found a meditation online. I don't know if you do, um, do you do meditations, guided meditations online? 
Marianne? Not on, not online. I usually do crisis meditation. With your, that you make up in your own head or? Yes. Uh-huh. It's almost like, um, you know, like um, I've studied Lao Tzu and I read a book called The Wooden Bowl. And, uh-huh. Um, that was quite a long time ago, but uh, yeah, I just developed my own way of calming down. Yes. Yes. Well, meditation is, is very helpful. The one that I did was, um, it was guided by a woman named Jody Whiteley and she's on YouTube. And one of the things that she said was, um, she brings you through the body, your body and she says to fill your body with love. Mm-hmm. And I, my eyes were closed, but I rolled them. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God. And she said, do <laughs> it was like she was talking directly to me. She said, "Do not underestimate the power of love." And I was like, "Okay." So I started feeling it where we feel it, which is in the heart. Mm-hmm. And within twenty minutes, I was well. And this had been months and months and months. So, my suggestion to everybody mm-hmm. is um, to. Number one is to fill your body with love. Um, it actually is very, very healing. Now, um, I practiced it a lot so that it grew and grew so that as if I found myself getting um, physically ill with a migraine, um, I could more quickly cure myself. And so one night I was thinking, oh, um, let me go talk to my daughter. And every night for years, she was eight at that time. I'm going to tell her how much, you know, I, I had told her every night how much I loved her. And uh, this time I said, I'm not going to say a thing. I'm going to feel it in my heart. I'm just going to feel the feeling. So I went in and I said nothing and I smiled. and. Um, she she was you know her head was on her pillow turning back and forth and she said mom mom there's and i said what is it and she said there's something different tonight and i asked her do you feel calmer do you feel you know what do you feel and she said i feel you love me tonight oh yes which was first of all amazing that that she was able to define exactly what she felt, mm-hmm. but also that it came through without even any words. Mm-hmm. So um, later, I after I learned that I had uh, mirror touch synesthesia, I listened to an NPR talk. Uh, let me think about what it is um, to share with people. Mm. It's about mirror touch synesthesia on um, um, Invisibilia by NPR. Okay. Okay. And it's really interesting. They speak to a physicist and they speak to a physicist who talks about atoms and and he shows that um, the atoms, even though he comes to the point where he claims that atoms touch each other. Once they've touched, they continue to touch each other 
excuse me, sorry for that noise. They continue to, <laughs> atoms come, sorry, let me start again. The atoms that have touched mm -hmm. continue to touch at random intervals in time, um, through time, over and over and over, even if they're miles and miles apart. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and he he proves it by one atom making a ting and the other atom responds. Uh, what this meant to me as a mirror touch was you're made of atoms, I'm made of atoms. We're all, and this is also what Jill Bolte Taylor talks about in her TED talk about we're all atoms. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when we touch each other, we're actually swapping atoms. And so when you're, when even if you don't get to see your child, you can still send them love through your heart. And mm -hmm. you have, in your brain, you have their cells in your brain, your child's mm -hmm. cells, right? So you can, so we're totally, totally hooked with each other. And you can send the love physically, not only materially, right, through letters or calls, all right? And it will make you feel better to focus on the love part. You'll actually begin to feel a lot better. I would um, think so. That, that's yeah. excellent. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Well, sometimes I know that it's very hard to, you know, some, I'm in different groups and don't you find it? You know, some people feel very hard to um, not take what their kids are saying personally, mm -hmm. right? And I understand that. I really do. Um, it's, it's hard because it's very hurtful. And as they get older, it becomes more hurtful. And they're just the pain. And so it's, I feel like it's... Um, uh, it's very hard to do that. Okay, here's here's why I'm, I also teach kids a lot, and I had a lot of students who have uh, behavioral issues, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it's my feeling that people who are acting the the least lovely mm -hmm. are the mm -hmm. ones who need it the most. Mm -hmm. are the ones who need it the most. So it, it just that means that your kids are hurting so badly mm -hmm. that that's how much love they need from you mm -hmm. um, unconditionally. And you can do it from afar. So, you know, I, I've heard that too. Um, I was talking to someone else about that as well. The feeling of love or? You know, loving someone from afar. Yes. And you're like, yeah. people say, send, send out good vibes. Yes, yes. I, yes, I think things are changing a little bit, actually, because um, I think that science uh, is, is moving more towards things that we've been saying for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they're, they're coming together. Science and spirituality are coming together more. Right. And I feel like for, you know, mirror, mirror neurons is really the kind of like the spiritual part of us. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. it's because it's that we're all interconnected. It really feels like we're all interconnected. No, that's very true. 
if we're copying people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, um, I, I like to, to watch um, like little tests on people in psycho- about psychology and their brains and stuff like that. And I think there's this guy named David. Oh, he's so good. Oh, I, I can't, I can't remember, but what they did is they, um, they filmed people in who thought they were going to see a doctor in a room mm-hmm. or they were, but that they, they, they made a setup somehow so that every time there was a bell, everybody would stand up and then uh, to be able to sit down, you did a clap clap or something like that. And everybody would sit down. So a new person would come in and the first time everybody would do it. And the new person was like, what's happening? What's happening? But by the third time, mm-hmm. by the third time that person was joining in and do, standing up for no reason, but everybody else was doing it. Stand up when they heard the bell, clap when it was time to clap and sit back down. Hmm. So, uh, so that's mirroring. That's that's a that it's is. not only mirroring, but it's just like also just repetitive stuff. We're following the crowd, mm-hmm. right? Following the crowd, right? But, um, I'd like to give a couple more examples of of things. Um, uh, oh, I wanted to talk about. Have you ever heard of Maria Ambrave? Brav- Abramovic or something? I think I have heard that name. Abramovic. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, she had an art show at the, um, was it the MoMA? I, I don't know where it is. I think it was the MoMA, where she sat in a chair for seven hours a day in a red dress, mm-hmm. and she would close her eyes, eyes, and a person would come up and sit on a chair opposite her, there was a table in between the two, the guest and Marina. Mm -hmm. And she would close her eyes after the the last person and then open them up once somebody had been seated. And she'd do this over and over and over again. And people would look into her eyes and look back. And she never spoke. People weren't supposed to. She didn't speak the whole time. She only looked at them. And people would um, burst into tears. Um, it was a very, very moving piece, and she did it, I think, for three months or something. Yeah. Um, afterwards, what they did is they hooked her up with other people, you know, uh, with brain scans and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she, they did the same thing with her, looking at other people, right? Mm-hmm. And versus just a, a normal person who didn't do that art show for that long, mm-hmm. okay. right? And they found that um, Marina actually. She was mirroring the brain of the other person at a much higher level hmm. than um, people who hadn't been empathetically just looking and mirroring people, mm-hmm. which she had been doing in her her art show. And she actually calls herself the um, um, a, a mirror for society. Mm-hmm. Her art is a mirror of society. Um, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the next ideas that I want to talk about is, um, smiling Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go through actually all the, I have five of them. Okay. So let me go a little bit faster because I see our time is running out. Mm 
-hmm. So as the first thing, suggestion I said to be inquisitive, you want to learn about mm -hmm. whatever you can about your brain and about what you're dealing with in your life. If you're dealing with parental alienation, then get as much information as you can. I recommend um, going on YouTube and listening to uh, Dr. Craig Childress. And he has six to 10 videos. Um, the, the first one is about um, helping the targeting, targeted parent. And mm -hmm. I want to tell you how I quickly learned to this. Um, I learned this by putting it on loop, the mm -hmm. first video on loop at night while I slept. Mm -hmm. And I learned it very quickly. And then I started taking action with the court and with all the people who dealt with what I was doing, what, mm -hmm. what was happening to me. Okay. Um, so let me go back, be, be uh, inquisitive, smile. The third one is, um, I'll talk about your superhero stance. Mm -hmm. the, the fourth one, I must have put it up to the top because that's fill your body with love. I do believe that that's probably my top, top one there. And number five is to, I want to say, quote unquote, be the bully. And I'll, I'll explain that. Let me go back to smile. Um, much of the reason that we love being with our kids is because kids smile so many more times during a day than we do. And by the time you're an adult, it's very, very few times um, a day. And I was going to look up the numbers before I got on here, but I don't have them. It's like the difference is so much. Okay. Mm. So what can we learn from um, kids is to smile more. And mm -hmm. I noticed my smile left at about age 12. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw a picture of my face where, and this is, this is what happened with the photos, where um, it was almost as if I had a smile on half of my face and not the other half. And I've always known that. It's, it's, I look like half and half of the um, uh, tragedy and comedy right. <laughs> broken half put together, <laughs> which is kind of true about my life. So, but what I really thought was, I believe that if I um, smile more, I'll actually feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. And and it's very true. I actually did a couple of things. I went on YouTube and I started looking at face yoga because it was almost mm -hmm. as if my face had, I see you nodding. Have you heard of it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it really, really helped. Mm -hmm. It really helped. And when you're smiling, you want to reach all the way up to your eyes and, and scrunch those muscles really hard. Um, and you'll, you'll begin to instantly feel better. I also put a pencil in my mouth when mm -hmm. I was driving around right? Oh. Mm -hmm. to keep the smile. That was her recommendation. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I did, I did work on smiling and I would put signs around my house or paint rocks and say, say, you know, smile often. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So the third one was also a Ted talk idea. Um, and all, all of that I'm telling you won't take much time mm -hmm. um, is the way you stand. The way people stand, you're going to feel better if mm -hmm. you have a stance in which you're strong and tall. Now, after we've been hurt from the outside, we're going to start shrinking our bodies and shrinking our bodies internally, right? Right. And honestly, people know 
they can instantly see who has been hurt and who has not. Mm -hmm. So you also want to not ever remain a quote unquote target parent. Get mm -hmm. out of it. You can get out of it by changing your body stance. Mm -hmm. And I know it's really hard to change. I have um, scoliosis two ways. Mm -hmm. So, but, but, and that made me a good target because, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it gives you mm -hmm. some physical issues, right? And you mm -hmm. can, and that you can see. I guarantee my back is a whole lot better just from doing yoga um, 10 minutes a day, right? You can do it. Just you know, what you can do, here's what you can do, is you can imagine walking around with a straight back with confidence. Think about what it looks like if you're walking around with um, your body upright and strong. Um, if you, they found out, scientists found out, if you imagine things, um, they did this with pianists, by the way, they, they had three groups of pianists, piano mm -hmm. players or beginners. They said, group A, we'll give you, we'll teach you this, go home and practice for two weeks and come back. Mm -hmm. Practice like 40 minutes a day. Group B, they said, we're going to teach you the same thing. Now go home and don't practice. And then the third group, okay, here's your lesson. Now go home and imagine practicing for 40 minutes a day if the other guy did 40. Mm -hmm. They came back, group A and group C were at the same level of piano playing. Wow. Right. And they did it with basketball players and NASA uses it. So if you are too tired to get out of bed, imagine getting out of bed. Imagine standing tall. Imagine yourself out in the world. Mm -hmm. And your, your body muscles will actually start um, giving you what you need. Um, okay, fill your body with love. I talked about that a little bit. Okay, be the bully. Um, mm -hmm. And this means bully to yourself. Mm -hmm. what, and I don't, I, I mean, the part of you that was saying that you were selfish, that you were crazy, that part, I want you to bully that guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that guy right you have to come up with ideas to say that is not true mm -hmm. the, the, the first step is you have to hear what you're saying to yourself all day long and realize that you're saying stuff that you don't you wouldn't say to your best friend right so be your best friend how are you going to do this you're going to have to stop bullying yourself and bully the bully Mm -hmm. And the bully is your subconscious, okay? Oh, I your agree. Subconscious, your subconscious is telling you all the junk that, that has been fed into you that you didn't have a choice about early on, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> right, I so, agree. So, right. So, just as you're training yourself with piano, mm -hmm. we want to train our subconscious. And there's several ways to do that. We, uh, let's see, I'm going to tell you the most important one. So we're conscious now. Is that correct? You mm -hmm. and I were still awake. <laughs> still awake right, right. right. <laughs> oh, definitely. This is fascinating. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay. So we're awake right now. So we're conscious, correct? Mm -hmm. 
And when you go to sleep, what are you? You're unconscious. You're unconscious, right? But somebody is still awake mm -hmm. while you're sleeping, and that's your subconscious. Sub mm -hmm. And when you think about a mother's intuition, um, you you can think like during the night if they're sleeping, right, and something's happening in the house. Mm -hmm. a, a mother has intuition that there's something wrong and will wake mm -hmm. up. At, at the time of the emergency, like right before the time of the emergency. And that is because the subconscious is always awake. Okay. So during the, the, during the time, there's, there's two times, and maybe you can tell me what you would think. There are two times in which you could train your subconscious the best. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think those would be? At the times to train your subconscious? Yes. Uh, probably right before sleep. Yes. What's the other? Maybe I would say the afternoon because you know how sometimes people take naps. Okay. So when you are, um, one of those is, is very correct. Oh, naps. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, so right before you sleep. No, he said right, be what did you say? Right before you sleep? Yeah, right yes. before you go to bed. Okay, so you're not, you're going to take a nap in the afternoon, so mm -hmm. you can do it then too, because you're about to sleep. But let's say you don't take a nap. Mm -hmm. um, when's another time? Maybe upon awakening. That's right. Mm -hmm. And during those two times, your brain is in a different form, and it's called theta waves. I don't know much about it, but I listened to some guy talk about it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to believe him because he's the scientist. I'm going to take an idea from him and just mm -hmm. practice it every day and what it is is to um um train your subconscious at those two times by telling your subconscious what you want in the future writing it down so um so marianne we have a lot of people listening who right now see their children mm -hmm. right now they're saying i want to see my children mm -hmm. right when they finally see them what will they be saying at that time when they finally see them i can't believe i'm seeing my children <laughs> seeing okay good so you have seeing that's that's present continuous what else um we are or once the kids left mm -hmm. i can't believe i I'm seeing them. Oh, my, I'm seeing. Okay, I love it. I'm seeing. Okay, so how can you, the gap between now when mm -hmm. we want to see them and when we are seeing them, or I saw them yesterday, you can also say something in the past, the gap between those two times is very, very uncomfortable, especially for parents like us. Mm -hmm. So how can we quickly bring, more quickly bring the future to now how can we do that by retraining our subconscious and we do that by lying to our subconscious that what we want is already done mm -hmm. okay so i i want to see my children instead of saying i want to see my children writing it down because everything that you're going to be doing in the morning first thing and last thing at night um will be in writing Mm -hmm. Just get a little, small little composition book. It must be in writing. I don't have time to explain that right now, but mm 
but make sure that it's in writing mm -hmm. and you want to change your tense and you just say, I am seeing my children every day. I have a good relationship with my children. Uh, my children and I communicate regularly. Mm -hmm. My children gave me a call yesterday. Whatever you are most hoping for, write it down first thing in the morning, last thing at night, as if it has already been done. Because your subconscious controls everything you do. Mm -hmm. I and agree with that. That's right. So you mm -hmm. want to tell it what to do correctly. Right. Right? You want, mm -hmm. you want to tell it that you're healthy, you stand up straight, you're confident. You want to tell it everything, that you're brave, you're awesome, impressive, all these different words. You're going to change your belief about yourself in, in those small and easy ways. Be inquisitive, smile, make sure you have a superhero body, fill your body with love, and be the bully to the, the mean guy inside of you because you've got things to do mm -hmm. and a good life to live. Most definitely. Yeah. I, well, I'm so glad I had you on because I do want you to come back on. Oh, thank you. I think there's I, more we have to talk about too. So this yes, has been amazing because, to. well, I grew up with um, my mother telling me that you know, she was reading about people that use their subconscious that, you know, saw something, how they wanted to see it. Yes. And not the negative of what it was going on. Right. And if you see the, or not in your subconscious, if you see it, it will happen. It will somehow happen. That's, mm -hmm. what I, that's how she kind of explained it to me. Well, it's now science. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is now science. So um, I sent you a little message right beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I said it was several words. And maybe our audience can write these words and hang them up in your house. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, words, actions, habits, character, destiny. Again. I'll do it real quick. Thoughts, mm -hmm. words, actions, habits, character, destiny. Mm -hmm. What do you want for your destiny? You want to see your kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Change your thoughts. You're going to do it with the end in mind. Change your thoughts. And you'll start taking action or you'll start telling people or thinking, telling yourself, I am giving and selfless and mm -hmm. fearless. You'll start telling yourself and then other people. You'll start acting in ways that are confident, right? And then you're going to, uh, that's going to become a habit. Mm -hmm. And once all these things become a habit, it's as if that is your character. Mm -hmm. you, you now are that strong person. And basically we need every strong person we can from this, your listeners, we need every person so that we can make changes um, for the future. Definitely. Yeah. Now, how, how do you want to be reached? How do you want people to contact you? Um, if people can, I, I am, I don't know if you've, you know this word, I'm a little bit of a Luddite, but I'm catching up. Basically, mm -hmm. I wasn't, I, I, I spent a lot of time with my children and I wasn't, I didn't have a phone. 
<laughs> because I wanted to watch my children and spend time with them. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm kind of slow on the, uh, the social media, but that doesn't mean that you're unable to contact me. I will contact you back. People can contact me at yes, please help now at gmail.com. And it's all one word. Yes, please help now at gmail.com. And it's Amy Vanderlinda. You can just call me Amy. Oh, this was excellent. I cannot wait to have you back on. This was so Thank positive you. and we need to hear positive. Yes. Think positive. Think positive. Think. Think, mm -hmm. think, think. <laughs> they think and, and so it shall be. Do you remember that movie, The Gladiator? And he was saying right prior to battle, um, something to that effect. Uh, you know what? I'm, I, I, I think that... Uh, the next time we talk, we should be talking about things like that because I want to, that kind of hooks into with me saying that, that what we said before mm -hmm. is now becoming science. Like the gladiator said that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. you, we have to think like the gladiator and act like the gladiator and, you know, create the strength within ourselves and the happiness or whatever we, we want to be by um, taking all that information that we've had over the years all the way since caveman right right you know <laughs> definitely uh-huh is there anything else you'd like to add i'd just like to thank you and um i look forward to talking with you next time and and learning more about how i can help other people and move the movement mm -hmm. move the movement i think this so. was a big help today too i totally appreciate that Thank you. Well, don't so. uh, don't jump off. Slam the gas okay. podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here in the future with Amy and other guests. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.